to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me is my brother, Jesse Gleason. We want to send our best wishes to our old friend, Phil, who just completed his move down to Florida. I hate I, you. I would say, yeah, I would say I hate you, but that's pure jealousy. Because I hate his, it when you're drunk. Because his house is way nicer than mine. <laughs> that's because he hasn't put stuff in it yet. Well, wait till he gets married and has kids, which he says will never happen, which is the absolute Life curse. partner. It's no. called the life partner. No, no, they can get adopt. married now. No, they can get married now, oh, so it's okay. Oh, okay. That's um, fine. But no, it's a curse. If you say, I don't want kids and I don't want to ever get married, you will end up married and you will have kids. So, Phil, guess what? You're doomed. But he's now in the world of uh, racing like all year round because it's warm all year round uh, and we're stuck up here with taxes and COVID. So, yeah, well, he's got hurricanes and alligators and spiders and sinkholes and meth heads. And uh, but, I mean, where is there not meth heads? So, to be mm. fair, I mean, well, then again, Florida man is a thing for a reason. But again, I'm just jealous. That's all. And I miss you, Phil. I miss him already. I'm gonna go. Bye. Yeah, that was pretty much it. Anyway, welcome to this episode. I have actual positive news for once coming out of my camp. Um, I put a lot of work into the the car this weekend. I got a lot of really major things done with it. I got the fuel cell cage built and the fuel cell cut, the old cell cut out of the car. New cell is put in. I even did it to the exact specifications that Stafford asked for in their rule book, which is even more. <laughs> yeah, but you put it in backwards. No, I didn't. It's backwards. No, I didn't. <laughs> why do you keep? <laughs> why do you keep telling me I put it in backwards? <laughs> It's obviously. Does it even matter back to front? I'm trying to. I'm trying no, to be not. entertaining. God damn it! The people don't know. That I have to busted your ass about that every other day. It's not backwards. But yeah, it's I got side out. I got it done. I finally got around to getting tools. I got welding gas. I did all this other stuff. I went and today I spent about I want to say five hours in a car between running errands and going to well basically taking my mom to her doctor's appointment which was like an hour and a half and then uh took the because i had to take care of the kid today too because the wife works on mondays so it was him and i we came back home basically hopped in the truck loaded the engine up my crate motor and drove up to rad auto machine up in massachusetts so that they so that the stafford people could uh inspect and seal it so i'm like well, we spent like five hours in cars and trucks today, so we got a lot done, though. It's coming together very fast. Like I said, we got uh, tires for it, thanks to Northeast Trucking Off-Road in Gales Ferry, uh, Connecticut on Route 12. Go check them out. Uh, I got the fuel cell that's required put in. I got the engine backwards. Being... It's not backwards. Why do you keep fucking saying this back? Not even a good joke. Um, oh no, it's not. It's, it could go in backwards. It doesn't even matter. Feelings. Well, it does actually matter for pickup purposes, but it's not backwards. Um, 
and you can check the photo that I posted on Instagram to confirm that. And I got the engine being sealed. So, like, a lot of big stuff is getting done, and I'll probably be at Stafford sometime relatively soon. Plus, did the wife just, has even helped me out by did getting you just slip them some extra so. money to, you know, uh, advance the cam correctly and maybe put a bigger one in it? No, because it doesn't work that way. Because Don yes, it does. No, Don doesn't actually seal it. The track actually seals it. So if he did screw around with it, the track would find out. After their no, rigorous they, inspection. Well, they do rigorous inspections because they throw cameras down it and they measure everything and they pump it and they do everything before they seal it. So or it didn't happen. Well, okay, Alex Jones. I'm sure. Like I said, there's Actually, a reason I'm, I'm racing. So, <laughs> um, anyway, that's getting done. The, like nothing happened for a long period of time. And now everything's happening at once. This is typical my style. I don't even have a date set for when I'm going to actually show up. Like I said, I'm only really looking at like one, maybe two races. And I don't even know if I'm going to split that time between Stafford and Thompson or not. You're not because going to Thompson. I, I don't know, because the thing is with Thompson, and I should get... You I, need a crew, and I'm not going there if they're not paying. Well, they are paying, but... Didn't I mean, you listen? Were you not here for last week's episode? <laughs> well, yeah, we got that was Well, here's ago. the thing. That was last week, but here's the thing. We... I'm probably not going to go if they don't get rid of the staff. You know, I do not like the staff. I've never liked it. That's why I didn't race at Waterford when they were at Waterford, and then all of them came to Thompson... And I'd already committed to racing the year, and I ran a year there, and I'm like, no, I'm not doing it again. So if they don't get rid of the staff there, I'm probably not. I'll probably go run the fall final at Stafford instead. I might just run the fall final at Stafford anyway. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm not, I don't have any big plans, but I do want to fulfill some sponsorship requirements and run the tires. So we'll get that done. Uh, otherwise, uh, like I said, I was going to talk about um, Thompson and the tires changing, but that's going to be coming up next so we'll get into that later uh anyway why don't we get it unless you have some news i I don't know no no okay he still hasn't picked up the motor i offered him. i haven't read (laughs) any of this stuff and the rules you have to read the rules for that race you gotta try to run up in new hampshire but i don't know if we're actually gonna do that we'll see it'd be difficult i have a rear end for you i have an engine for you but we'd probably have to get a drive shaft made and we'd probably have to thrash on it a ton. And then you would still need a set of tires, so maybe you could call somebody and see if they'd sponsor your tires or something. I don't know what would happen there. But anyway, um, since we don't have any other personal business to tend okay. to, I guess we could go straight into local news. And what ha- what dropped early last week after we'd already released the episode yet again. Again, you can't really plan on news coming out when you drops like a, a once a week podcast because it just happens you know news happens at any given time and right after we dropped the episode last week it was announced that keith rocco was getting a ride in the arca east race at new hampshire motor speedway coming up very soon probably next month and i guess so he's moved up to kindergarten because it's all the young kids no he's the old guy i don't know he's the old bastard running around with the kindergartners but it's going to be for a good team. They're, he's going to be running for Venturini Motorsports, a very w- well-established team in ARCA. And obviously it's the same equipment now to run ARCA East, right? So, I mean, that's a good deal for him. I hope it's that's not. That's true. They uh, have like uh, 25% of all the cars that show up. Mm. So, Yeah, that's kind of sad. The, 
That's a, you know, we could do a whole episode on how disappointing the Arca series has become. Well, I wouldn't say the Arca series itself, but I'd say the Arca series as it is now and the Arca East and West series, which used to be the K&N, which used to be the Bush East, which used to be the Bush North, which used to be something else. But it's just so disappointing to see what that's become. But, I mean, that's not our business. Well, it's good to see Keith on a bigger stage, though. It's long overdue. Yeah, and the, my only issue with that is is those guys used to get bigger TV deals than like the mod tour and stuff, but to be fair, they really don't anymore. Have you noticed? Like I don't see any Arca East races on major like well not even major but like cable to like NBCSN all the time. It's always tape delayed and they're on just about as much as the mod tour is. So, right. I don't I don't really know. It's not like Keith can't race fenders. He's He's won a ton in different types of late models and stuff. Well, yes, I know, but the the TV deal, it's uh, when you only have, you know, 18, 20 cars or whatever show up in a race, you know, the it's not knocking down any doors, you know, for viewership. So it gets put on a smaller platform, but, you know, the modified tour should be definitely live a lot more. Yeah, they're pulling in but, good car counts. I'm very happy with their stuff that's been But they're on the lately. NBC Sports app live. Yeah, they're on Sports Gold and stuff every once in a while. I usually catch them whenever they're on there. So. I, I forget to have that membership all the time. You know, I really do. Because <laughs> I do too. Because I watch Flow Racing like every night because yeah, there's this, like a race every single night. The sprint car stuff is crazy. And it's great. It. Yeah, uh, if anybody watched it last night, uh, Kyle, Larson, Kyle Larson won the Hoosier 100, right? Isn't yeah, it? he did a bonsai move on the outside of somebody of uh, of the thirty car there, and uh, going into turn one, and it was very brave. And I don't know if I would. He had won one of those races since twenty thirteen. So and he's run. He didn't dominate. That's for sure. He didn't dominate. He really had to work for that one. He, it's not like he took off and, and ran away with it. it he, he started from the really, back too. Yeah, he had to start from the back, and he really had to work by it because he didn't really have the fastest car out there. I mean, he did start on the pole, but they did change the right rear tire, which is like and you then, if you're if you do that, you have to go to the back. Yeah, a few other guys did too, but yeah, like seven or eight guys. But did. then he'd made a bonsai move going into one there, and he got into the clean air. They don't need clean air in those cars. I Basically, know, the only thing clean about the air is you're not getting mud in your face. That's right. <laughs> right, but after that, it was a little bit better for him. But well, yeah, because you can see and you, you can concentrate a lot better because you're not focusing on who's in front of you. And I hate doing that, but yeah, no, he did great. Yeah, another great one. Uh, and before that, there was a really big races with the night before the 500. You guys got to check that out. That was really good. Yeah, midgets, the sprint cars. They're the Thunder and Lightning Division. That's what they're called. Yeah, Bobby Santos won the night at uh, IRP, didn't he? He did. He won the uh, yeah. He won on uh, the Midget Division and uh, IRP. I watched that race. It was the night before the Indy Five. Yeah, he he cool. took off and and just uh, just demolished him. Hey, he finished a close second in the Silver Crown race before that at IRP. Mm. Yeah, he you know and he was yeah excellent there too. There was. Yeah, Bobby is pretty top-notch when it comes to these Silver Crown and uh, asphalt midget cars and stuff and asphalt sprints and stuff. So I'd, I'm wondering if he is trying to take, like, the J.J. Yaley type of route where you gain a lot of notoriety, and Tony Stewart and uh, some other people like uh, Leffler and get a lot of exposure be, by doing this stuff and maybe you get the eye of a team and, and 
you know, work your way up by doing that. It's not a bad route. I mean, like I said, you see a lot of really it's awesome tough, racers though, doing that. He's kind of old. Yeah, I know, but he may uh, get a he may get a single shot at a Indy 500 or something. Well, that'd be cool. Which would be pretty sweet. I would take it. I'd do it. I would love to be able to read the rest of my notes, but apparently my cat tries to lick a permanent marker, which is really not healthy for him. I don't know what the hell is wrong. The cat eats tape, and we have to stop him from eating tape. And he tries to he tries to lick permanent marker, and like he, he sniffs random things on the floor. I, like the cat has a death wish, and I don't know what the hell is wrong with him. But we do everything possible to keep this damn thing alive, and I don't know how the hell we've done it so far. <laughs> I don't know what. Anyway, uh, whatever. Anyway, I'd alluded to this earlier. We're going to move on. But I'd alluded to this earlier, and I'd, I said, you know, I wasn't sure about going to Thompson. I know a lot of other people aren't because there was a post uh, by the guys at Dave Lind Racing, and I know that sometimes uh, posts on the Internet are hard to read, and you should probably wait for all the facts to come out and stuff but uh, before forming an opinion. But um, the American race tire guys apparently got turned away at the gate for a Thompson open practice session. And they were told they were no longer the tire, uh, the tire supplier without n- any real notice and that Hoosier tires are being brought in as the new supplier. Now, basically what's happening is they're kind of going to the same tire rules as Stafford. Like the street stocks are going to run a Hoosier 700. The late models are going to be, since they're ACT cars, they're going to run on the ACT American Racer rubber. But I believe the track might supply that. I don't know if they're going to get it from anywhere else. They have a different tire supplier that they're used to using up north. I forget what the hell they're called. It's like Northern Race Tire or something like that. Um, Sorry if I butchered your name or your business. But anyway, um, they're going to run the same Hoosiers for like SKs and SK lights and stuff. But... They're going to run the same Hoosiers for the mini stocks, but the street stocks are going to change rubber as well. So I know that's going to probably turn a bunch of street stock guys away. A lot of the lower dollar guys, like I was talking to. I'm not going to buy tires for two races. Yeah, I know. That's pretty tough to do. Luckily, I had that sponsor take care of my um, tire needs, and it could be run at both tracks. But again... Here's the thing. Here's the meat of the sandwich on this or this argument is the fact that people kind of jump down the throat of Thompson for a seemingly not notifying somebody that their services were no longer needed. My whole thing about that is is did they is did Dave Lind Racing and American Racing Tire, who were the tire supplier for Thompson for a long time, were they under a contract? And if they're not under a contract then what real legal reason would the staff at Thompson just cause have? It, just because it's legal doesn't make it right. No, I know that. But what if you don't have a contract and some new people come in to run the track, what what do they have like do they have to tell you that they're not using your services? I mean like or do you just blindly show up with no real communication like if somebody doesn't call you and you're not under contract do you believe you still have a job but i mean if you've been going to the same job for 34 years or however it's been every single year and no one has told you different you assume that it's going to be there just like last year again i'm under the idea it's like well you don't have anything binding you you know what i mean there wasn't even like a handshake agreement you know it was just basically they called the people that they needed, and they thought it was set, and they didn't know who the tire supplier was, so they just 
did what they had to do. I don't know what's going on, but I'm sure they knew who the tire supplier was. Dave Lynn Racing has been around. They're good guys, and basically, it didn't. It, it, it's still it, just because it's not legal doesn't mean common courtesy. They were there last year, you know, and basically, what it boils down to is that whoever's running the track gets a commission off of the tires, so they get a better deal. As far as how many tires it sells, it goes to the, some of the portions of the tire sales go to the track. Okay, it did. They did it down in the speed bowl. They changed tire suppliers a couple times because of who gave them the best deal. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to Terry, it's going to always be with Hoosier Tires. He has a he has a well known uh, affiliation with them. Terry's not running Thompson now. Oh, he's not anymore. Right. Is he like been, I said? Um, I know he's uh, it, it, he's not not running it. Though. Like that, I said, the guys who are now running it, Mayberry and uh, Michaud, they are well affiliated with this other company up north, mm-hmm. like New Hampshire, yeah, it, Maine. It, it, area. There was no. Sorry to interrupt, but there's no. But no one has come out and said that Terry's Econ Group or whatever is not running anything anymore. Well, it, he hasn't come out and said it either. They've basically just disappeared with no notice and no anything. And now all the dates that he was supposed to take over are now being run by somebody else. That tells me he's gone. So are you going to break break the news that he's no longer in I the would, picture? At this point, I'd put money on it. All right. I, you heard it first. Yeah. At this point, I'd put – again, it, do, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, uh, to figure out that there's two dates left. Well, there were three first. The first date – got quote-unquote canceled due to COVID concerns, okay, when other racetracks in Connecticut were racing. Gloss over that. Now two other guys have shown up out of the blue completely and have taken over the remaining two dates, and they have said they are planning towards the 2021 season. So it's like, like, yeah, I don't really think he's there anymore. I don't think he has anything to do with it now. I think it's completely gone. Like there's no there's no reason to even think about it at this point. Like I wouldn't. I'm not even like focusing on it. Like I, that's how far gone I think it is. I think here's who's far gone. I'm far gone because I can't even think about it anymore. I'm too confused, and it's kind of frustrating a little bit. As uh, you know, a, it used to be my home, and now it just seems like it's just all. It it seems like a dysfunctional home where it's like I don't even want to go home anymore. I just want to go out and do drugs with my friends and shit. So <laughs> so but, I don't even care. Well, the problem is is when the air is that turbulent for that long, yeah. it just becomes nothing but uh, an unmanageable wash That's of it. turbulence, you know, and you can't really wade through it. So you basically just sit there and float and you can't do anything other than that until it calms down and to be fair, if these guys are serious and they're going to do this for make maybe a couple maybe a few years to come, maybe take it over for a long period of time, that's where that calm is going to come from. You're okay. going to see the you're going to see the curve slow down. There's going to be changes and there's going to be changes right now and maybe the next year in the future that kind of hurt people. But at some point and I guarantee it'll be next year because they're laying everything out now. But by the time next season starts, and if it's all the same, that's where that calm comes from. You know what I mean? That's where it's all going to just kind of be set. All right, I'm bored with talking about Thompson. I don't even care anymore. They're, 
we'll see what happens, and then that's the end of it. They, they see ya. Okay, so why don't we go to a track that's kind of murky and go to a track that's now, like, black. This will be the sad section of the show. Seekonk announced that they've canceled their season. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Really? They canceled the season? Seacon canceled the rest of the entire season. Like, they don't have any plans on their season at all. Like, at all. I have crippling depression. Yeah. I don't think that they've canceled everything, but I think they've pretty much given up on a full season. Yeah, because of all the bullcrap their state is doing. And, and yeah. (sighs) Yeah, their state's stupid. Rhode Island's stupid. They, They can't get their stuff together. It's all about COVID, and they they just we they don't know how to do anything. And just move physically, move the track on a flatbed. There's about a hundred. Like we said this Please. before. There's 150 acres in Plainfield. They could put it down. Don't come here. Just say sucks too. We sake. are racing though. We are racing, but <laughs> this it's state right. is it's not far behind Stupidville. It's right so. on and off the highway. Yeah. Why not? But anyway, I, it it kind of brings up a good um, social up. commentary, I guess. It's like, you know, with this this COVID situation, I mean, celebrities and athletes, like famous people, you know, uh, they keep catching it. And people, like, seem less and less and less worried about their well-being. And they're now more worried, like, oh, now they're going to be out two weeks. I wonder how much the, the psyche of the public has changed lately, you know. Well, the, the psyche of the public is totally determined about how much each subject has on airtime. That's fact. Everybody, the most important issues that if you wrote down 10 issues, okay, if I gave you 10 topics and put it in order from least important to most important, you would be able to do uh, least important, most important to least important based on how much airtime it gets on the news. Yeah. And there's no argument with me from that or, but um, it's science. I learned that in college. That's no, I I, again, I know this. You'll get no argument from me on that. Right. But I said that because Austin Dillon made a surprisingly quick turnaround from COVID because apparently he had it and missed a race last week. And just like Jimmy Johnson, like two days later, he was done and back to two negative tests and back on the track. Did they stick it up his nose and put it in a lab or did they scan his forehead after he went jogging? Uh, Who the hell knows? masturbating or whatever. I don't Some vigorous activity. Well, his wife did have a kid and you you can't use that thing for about six months afterwards. Trust me, I know. But Erectamundo. But <laughs> you, get, you grow a pretty big arm in that period of time. But um, no, like I said, I would go into the. I'm, I'm not. I've tried to cut the rants. I've cut the the conspiracy theories, all the goofy stuff that I like to goof on, like in the past. But I've cut all that out. But again, I just kind of question, like, when you see so many false positive tests out there, it's like, okay, well. What's like? Are we doing this right? What's really going on? Can we fix this? Like, what? Can we have actual data that works? Because, like I said, we got two drivers in the Cup Series test positive for COVID, apparently, and like I said, nearly two days after they did, they popped two negative tests and were back in a car. It's like, well, okay. Um, Why? Why would I lie to you? Again, this all it does is just inflame my conspiracy theories in my head, and I just can't stand that because all I feel like is Alex Jones, and I can't keep walking down that lane because it's just too stressful. <laughs> it's just like I can't do it right now. 
<laughs> it's too easy to do for me. I can go down a rabbit hole just so quickly. And like I said, I just want these tests to be, I want them to be more accurate. Like there's so many false positive tests. I was so worried about getting a false positive test because I had to have a, a procedure done. And I was like, well, when's mine going to happen? So I get this pushed out. And I couldn't, you know, I just didn't want to think about that. Again, it's just too easy for me to think conspiracy. So it's, let, let's get this thing figured out. Let's You're crazy. Let's have an <laughs> let's have some accurate tests, please, because it's obvious that they're not good. They're probably made in China. They're probably making money off this anyway. So why don't we stay local? I don't want to talk about national stuff yet, but that was just worthy of my attention early on in the show. Uh, why don't we go to Stafford results? Why, right? The late Stafford results that everybody have already read? Sure. <laughs> or seen when they watch it on StaffordSpeedway.tv? Yes. Whatever. So Stafford results. Street stocks. Oh, boy. <laughs> we could go on about this one for a little while. Could um, we? Yeah, but I'll, I'll let social media do that. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I didn't see what happened. So I'll let them make asses of themselves. So <laughs> instead of me doing it all the time, I'm going to let them do it. So in the street stocks, Jason Lafayette picked up his second win of the year. It looks like it was quite the messy race, according to Race Day CT, where I read the rundown on. No, it's endless, Brent. Keep going. I am not going to talk over a drum roll the entire time. <laughs> Screw that. There we go. But from what I was reading on on uh, social media, it depends on who you talk to, honestly, because there was an incident between the point leader, Megan Fuller, and Zach Robinson, who I talk about every single week, whether he wins or um I don't know what other what else has he done this year. <laughs> Again, it's not that I don't like the kid. I like the kid. I just there's always something to talk about when he's when he's around for some reason. I guess that's either a good or bad thing. It depends on who you uh, depends on who you talk to, right? Um, but apparently they got together, and again, opinions differ on whether he took her out or if he got loose going in or if something happened where he got in just. Whatever reason, I don't know. Again, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there for the social medias out there. Um, but they got together on lap 13. Uh, Robinson was penalized by race control. That's a fact. I do know that. I've been penalized by race control. What about you, Jess? <laughs> for reasons you don't feel were right. I'm not so. going to anger management class. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that's, it happens. You know, you do something you don't mean to do or you didn't or maybe they missed and that you got blamed for and you get penalized. It happens. Again, I'm giving everybody the benefit lies, of the doubt Lies here. and slander, every single one of them. Every one of them is not your fault? None of them. Mm -hmm. No. I, I feel the same way, but it happens. But again, Robinson was penalized to the back of the pack for the contact. I believe uh, Fuller got wrecked. Uh, he came back to finish fifth, whereas she finished 15th. Was uh, she got told or? Well, the car. Let's just say she finished fifteenth, but she didn't finish the race. You know what I mean? 
the, yeah. the car didn't finish the race. Anyway, yeah. it's all drama. Again, it's all based on opinion. I mean, it's a good price. Those tw- that $20 per show is a good price, in my opinion. I just can't do it every week. Yeah, I can't spend 100 bucks to watch the races every week, even though I really want to. I know. <laughs> I just want to watch them. I, mean, I can't go, unless I had a car there, I can't, I, I can't go every week either, you know? So Yeah, exactly. Unless I had a car there, then yeah. That's hey, I saved my money up by not watching it, and I got my engine being sealed and stuff. So there. That's what I'm doing. I'm coming back. Okay, so late models. Daryl Keene picked up the win. Uh, apparently, he ran away with it. Uh, didn't hear a lot about any action in that race. Uh, late, limited late models. Alexandra Fern won. Apparently, she ran away with it as well. I didn't hear anything <laughs> interesting about that race. Next one. Next SK Lights. Now, I heard this one was exciting. Alexander Pearl picked up his win. Uh, apparently, he got by Mad Dog Jr. there, uh, George Bissett Jr. His dad's a freaking hoot, by the way. Um, I guess he got by him late to win. It was a real dogfight for the victory. Uh, so, congrats to Alexander and Jeff. Jeff's our boy. SKs. Todd Owen picked up the win. I guess he finished second three times this year. And I guess he, geez, that's, you know, I've, we've all had years like that. It's like you just can't buy a win, but he picked Owen up. And he's now only two points behind Keith Rocco for the point lead, which is good because, uh, you know, I like seeing, I have a lot of, uh, genuinely. He sure does make those uh, uh, points races close. He does. I know. He just can't help himself but make it exciting for the or points close. races, huh? Yeah, really <laughs> close every single time. But I have a you trem- had to feel for the guy last year a little bit. I know. When you finish, like I said, Todd Owen tied for the points, tied in points at the end of the year with Ronnie Williams at Stafford for the SK Division Championship. Tied. Tied him in points. The only reason Ronnie won the title was because he'd won one more race. It was like six races and Todd only, quote, five. Or something like that. It was like five and four. I don't know. It was, it, was, it was a good amount of race wins between both of them. It's a hell of a season. Like Ronnie barely got into the point, into the tying position with like four laps to go or something like that. Like it was just a tight battle. But I have a tr- I always say it. You got to watch a, that on the show. Yeah. Watch, watch the Vault Productions video, the show, video series, the show. I believe it's on the Vault Productions YouTube page. You can find it on StaffordSpeedway.com probably. Uh, vaultproductions.com. Uh, you can find it there. But yeah, it I'm was. I'm sure you've watched it already. Five, uh, you, five y'all times, probably, so. y'all, yeah, y'all Whoever's probably watched left it. But listening to this drivel. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It was a good time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like I said before, I have a tremendous amount of respect for Todd Owen because of what he does. Like he builds his own race cars, he builds other people's race cars, and he is fast enough to win in those race cars. Like that's a that's a dying dying breed, you know. Seeing a guy lay out steel in a jig and build his own race cars, it's just and, and still win in them. It's it's really cool to watch. I love watching that stuff. Again, dying breed. Um, Open mod eighty went to Ronnie Williams. He got by uh, shit. I forget who it was at the end there, but it, I guess he got by late, about less than five laps to go. And that Scoura team, I think I butcher his last name, but Adam, sorry, dude. But um, they got their open mod program going. I think he's uh, he's been competitive in that 50 car quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I drove by their shop today. Their stacker trailer is amazing. So <laughs> I, I, I drove by it look at, with my 602 crate motor with like 
15 races on it sitting in the bed of my truck and i'm like i wish i could get to a point where i could get that that would be sweet so why don't we move to another connecticut track that's got no problem um, yeah, with racing oh, yeah but the yeah the yeah the uh next results that you've probably already heard that <laughs> here's the next results that you've already heard and have no in the course of a weekend have no need to listen to <laughs> Old news. This is like the mail. I work there. It's old news. Uh, slow news. Anyway, Waterford results. And uh, I don't want anybody to think of this as a dig, but I did add the car counts next to every division just so people could see the improvement over what they might have believed before. You well, know, was like, there any improvement from the week before? I think so. That's why I put it down. Uh-huh. So. Except for one division, like the well, two divisions. Um, but they run eight damn divisions there. It's like Jesus. Third week in a row, they run eight divisions. Like guys, pare this thing down, man. Jesus. Anyway, uh, surprisingly, the late models don't have enough cars, in my opinion. Like if you got Seacock not racing on Saturdays, where the hell are those cars going? Like they only had uh, thirteen cars in the late models. I wonder if the tire. Uh, I wonder if the fire at the tire plant for the ACT tires kind of hurt them, and that's why they they don't have enough cars. Like, they got to run that, I forget what number it is, like 870 or something, American Racer tire, whatever they agreed on for Waterford. But I wonder if that's hurting counts, like guys don't want to buy tires just to run that, like if they have a stockpile of sticker tires, like from the ACT stuff that they picked up like last year or something well, i don't know thompson cars all act thompson cars are act C- and where are they running seekonks act um i don't know they usually get 20 cars or 20 plus cars at seekonk and stat and thompson i mean mm-hmm. like and where are they they there's only park 13, their stuff right in the, tr- in the garage huh like there's only 13 cars at waterford i don't know maybe they just don't want to race at waterford maybe yeah maybe it doesn't have anything to do with tires maybe it doesn't have anything to do with them actually getting paid now because it's like oh hi phil and um of course phil just texts me he's like hey the best thing about living down here is not needing a mask everywhere <laughs> like yeah welcome to the south where it's back to normal um but yeah jason palmer picked up the win in the late models um again we can do all the internet sleuthing that we want but we'll never really come up with the answers as to why late models don't want to race at tom's or uh, waterford right now whatever you don't Welcome want to, to race. the speculation podcast where all the theories are imaginative and there is no concrete evidence. Correct. Nothing here counts. So, Legends cars. This is what surprised me. I mean, there was only nine cars. That seems kind of wrong to me. They used to get holy like, shit. They used to get like thirty. And where's all the Seekonk guys? Are they running Friday nights? I, I don't even know. Did they crash or something? I've seen a few Seekonk names, but I'm like, where are you guys at? Where's all the Legends cars? This is great. This is a great track for Legends, man. I don't know. Anyway, Giovanni Ruggiero, not not any relation to Reggie, but um, <laughs> he picked up the win. Yes, there are a I, lot of Italians in Seacock area. <laughs> I'm assuming there is. In the Northeast, yes. Again, they only had nine cars. That's kind of sad. Get them Legends cars out, man. Come on, go race. Have some fun. They do get paid. Everything okay? Like they, People, please, you will get paid if you race at Waterford now. It's not like it used to be. I would do that. <laughs> um, mini stocks. Our boy Doug Curry picked up his second win. They had 17 cars, which is pretty good. That's pretty good for Waterford lately. I will Ooh. say lately. Obviously, they used to be a lot more, but lately, it's more than 10. 
that's good. <laughs> okay, that's really good. Woo! See, now, next was the open street stocks. And the Seekonk guys are starting to show up for this one. They had 15 open street stocks. Colby Lambert picked up the win there. Uh, I believe he's a Seekonk regular, right? Uh, I don't, don't know. know. I don't know much about him. Sorry, Colby, but <laughs> we're, we, haven't been to, we haven't been to Seekonk in a, over a year, so we can't remember. Well, less, more races than I have in the last two, so good probably, for you. you know, probably less than a year. I'll be fair. But, yeah, I'm, I'm glad those guys are showing up. SK Lights, 11 cars. Come on, guys. We can get more of those. There's yes, a, I would like to have a refund. There's a million of those things laying around. We can get those. <laughs> if if Stafford's got 30 cars, you can come down and race. Let's go here. But anyway, Nicole yep. Tebow picked up the win there in her second race in an SK Light. Uh, obviously, she was the first woman to ever win in an SK, SK modified, not the SK Light, because... Uh, Victoria Bergani was actually the first woman to win in an SK at Waterford, uh, but it was an SK light. Uh, so Nicole became the first woman to win not only in an in a full SK at Waterford, but also in an SK light. So she's won in both divisions now. So that was cool. Again, uh, only eleven cars. Let's get those pump. Let's pump those numbers up. You know, <laughs> let's get going here. Uh, SKs. I feel good about this one. Joey Gata picked up the win. They picked up their car count as well. They're up to 17 now. I think they only had like low teens or, or maybe a little less than that, maybe 11 or 12 cars last time, but they had like 17 now. They're picking their numbers back up. That's good. I'm glad to see that. I think Joey hasn't won since – I think Joey and Nicole actually didn't win um, or haven't won, I should say, since 2013 or 14. So they, they went through about a seven-year dry spell for wins, and they both picked up a win – on the same night, so they cured that right away. And I think to round out the field, uh, or the round out the night, I should say, uh, Street Stocks, Sean Monahan picked up the win, and they had 18 cars, so that's not a bad number. I, I do expect minis and sportsmen to uh, lead the car counts until people start coming back. Uh, I, again, I, I don't know. I can't pinpoint any real reason why people aren't coming down. Maybe it's maybe it's not NASCAR sanctioned. I don't well, know. It's still too early yet because it is. it's very tough. Because they went from zero they went from zero to racing in literally two weeks. Pretty you know, much. Where, where yeah, I mean it was it was like a month. There are guys like us that actually do take months to prepare and, and get their things working out and stuff as opposed to us where we slam it together in like two weeks before the race, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, that's, uh, I would give, I have to give it a lot of time. Now I want to give the trucks a shout out here because why the trucks did not race. Yeah. However, trucks did show up. I think only four trucks showed up. The track said, nope, sorry, you're not racing tonight. You don't have enough cars. Okay. I get that. The truck guys were pissed off and rightfully so. Because they put a lot of effort into their cars. Anybody who owns a race car puts a lot of effort into it. We all know it. But apparently, the Waterford trucks, which are literally almost the same thing as the Exit Realty Northeast Truck Series or whatever they're called, they're apparently the rules are different. Now, I don't know what's different. Political reasons. Again, I don't. Here's the thing. The only series that runs these trucks and the only tracks that run these trucks is literally that series, and that's it. 
Nobody runs this series as a weekly division because they run them as a touring division. And again, I don't know of any single racetrack that runs them as a singular division. You can't say Seekonk because they have sport trucks. They're a much different chassis, much different body, much different power. The whole thing is different. Half the cylinders. Some of it, if you want, but you can run a 602 that's kind of neck down. But um, to be fair, if I'm if I'm being frank here with Waterford, um, you probably shouldn't run these trucks as a weekly division because the only trucks that exist are on this tour, and your rules are different. So how do you expect to really get cars or trucks? Sorry, there's a dollar in the jar. How do you expect to get a count if there's like little to none to begin with, and the rules are different than the only ones that exist? <laughs> it doesn't make so sense. So they want to establish a truck foothold in Waterford <laughs> solely for the purpose of racing in Waterford. I guess, but I don't know what the end game was. Like who looks at the rule book, makes it different. How many of these trucks actually exist? Less than 30 total. No, you do. And they're like, "Nah, we're going to make it you different." You do what Dwayne Dorr says and put just throw a freaking street stock body on it like you're supposed to. It, well, a lot of these trucks are actually bespoke built trucks that have a tall roll cage to fit the body. So you can't just slap a, slap a street stock cage over it or a street stock body over the cage because it actually won't fit. <laughs> Some of them, like I know Dwayne Knoll has an old um, late model that Who they the converted hell does into that a truck. To build it for a truck. You can't even, you can make it versatile if you make it the cage. They changed somewhere. the rules on the Northeast truck series that you can run a, an older late model style body, but you got to run the, or chassis, but you got to run the body. I know Dwayne Knoll did that with one of his trucks. It's you can look, and the cage is like half the half the height of the body. It's yeah. kind of funny looking. Yeah, but they changed it so you could do that. Like Nets did that, and it's like again, I don't really know what the end game was. It just seems like really short think, like short term or short range thinking by Waterford at some point in their history. I think this was almost like a pity thing. It's like, well, we had this planned out last year. We didn't race, and so we'll just leave them on the ticket so that they can race. And it's like, why don't you just tell the trucks that they can come race every, you know, two or three weeks? It. <laughs> well, I mean, it as got thrown, the, it got as thrown the together tour. quickly. So I, I know, but man, just poor planning. Just really, just. Well, I mean, it got thrown together quickly. There was no. But no, 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 no. These trucks did not get thrown together quickly because they were on the docket for last year. So they planned this out ahead of time. And they were already planned yeah, but, to be there. Right, but this the management team is different now this year. And But they didn't change the rules or the lineups. They didn't change any of it. So I don't know, again. Too many divisions, put a street stock body, chop the, the roof off. Whatever, just... I'm sorry to the guys who are running them right now, but guys, I don't think it's going to cost you that much to switch over to a, a tour truck and just go run the tour with it. None just, of us can afford it. It's seriously. And plus, come on, eight divisions? Give me a goddamn break. We don't need eight freaking divisions in one night. Come on. I know, I know you're just running some one-off divisions just to help out other tracks and, and guys who can't race, but seriously, let's pare this down. You know, let's Let's get this thing out. All right, so why don't I just stop ranting about that and move on? Stop whining. Yes, I, sh I shall. Um, let's move into the stuff I know nothing about, which is National Series recaps, and then we can actually talk about the Indy 500, which 
was I'll get into my opinion on that in a minute. But NASCAR Whalen Modified Tour came back to Jennerstown for their second race of the year. I believe they've been there twice. And Craig Lutz came away with the win. Uh, I feel like it was without much controversy, but I heard it was actually a really hard race between him and Dave Sapienza. And they were battling it out at the end for the win. Uh, I don't know what happened. I, th- I thought I saw Justin Bonsignor at the front, and I'm like, well, this is going to be boring. And then for some reason he faded. And I don't know. Doug Kobe wasn't really, you know, in the picture for the win either. But I, I don't know. Hey, it's racing. Stuff happens. And, again, I heard it was a good win. I heard Sap gave him a good run. Uh, Craig got in some hot water last time at Midnadnock for the uh, open open mod race, the, the one I went to, where he kind of knocked Hinkley out of the way. But, hey, you know, that was a while ago. We don't need to harp on that. But, anyway. So, yeah, Craig Lutz, winner, Widow Modified Tour. So, for the National Series, they had Dover. And I think they did two doubleheaders. It was Xfinity Series and Cup Series Saturday and Sunday. And it was Truck Series on Friday. I think it was Friday. Anyway, they also ran the Arca Series, but who the hell knows who won that because nobody pays attention to it. Um, Truck Series, Zane Smith picked up his second win. This kid, I don't know where he came from, but he's been quick. And he is not afraid. Like He's, he's genuinely not afraid of driving that thing full out so uh, it's been fun to watch these younger kids who actually can wheel instead of sitting in kbm equipment and kind of suck <laughs> well kbm is in kbm equipment he's marginal well anytime, even though he got third well here's the thing anytime the thing is is the reason why kyle ran those races is because he could prove his own equipment he could be like look i can go out and dominate why can't you you know what i mean but whatever because he carries his shock guy in his suitcase <laughs> And brings him and and doesn't only just lets him outside un- he, to go pee and poop. He just unzips the bag and lets him out. That's it, and puts him back in his cage. <laughs> Says you belong to me. Yeah. So uh, Xfinity Series ran Saturday. Justin Allgaier got the monkey off his back finally. Got good for him. He's had a terrible season until then. This should put him in the playoffs. It kind of turns this season completely around. Just it's funny what a win will do for you nowadays. You know. I mean, back in the day when the point series was actually correct and you had to run all year long to get a championship, obviously this would he'd be out of it completely. But now with everything the way it is now, one win can 180 your season. Just completely turn it around. So, yeah, good for those guys. Instead of wadding equipment up and being pissed off, now he's got a trophy. So that'll so put him in there. So you're saying there's a chance. There is now. Uh, so Cup Series Saturday. Denny Hamlin ran away with that one. No big surprise because it's just been Hamlin and Harvick trading wins every week, and it's actually been kind of yep boring. Uh, yep, on yep, Saturday, <laughs> on Saturday he tied six. Yeah, there's six wins apiece. Yeah, I think they were no, they were. I think he took the lead there on Sunday. Six to Harvick, five. It was Harvick's turn on Sunday. Well, and yeah, and he took it. Yeah, Xfinity Series Sunday. I did not watch that race because I think I was doing something else. Um, I forget what I was doing. But Chase Briscoe watched, uh, won that one. I think that put him at six wins, didn't it? Or is it – no. Yeah, it is six wins, I think. Yeah, he it, he took a little break there from winning and let the 22 car win a bunch of races. Yeah, he won, the 22 won five out of six. The 22 <laughs> went Kyle Larson and won like five out of six races. Yeah, tons of races. And then uh, Sunday Cup Series race, which went up against – the Indy 500, which, which is kind of silly in my opinion, yeah, because I'm, on. you know, even though we're Cup people, 
not really IndyCar people. The Indy 500 is the greatest race in the world. It is the greatest race in the world. I don't care what they say. Le Mans can suck it. No mm-hmm. one, I'm not flying over to France to go to Le Mans, no, but I will fly to Indianapolis to watch the 500. Okay? Le Mans is cool. It's really cool. Daytona 24 hours is really cool. Yep. Monaco is boring because nobody passes anybody. No one cares about Monaco. Um, it's in a city. No one passes. The Daytona 500 is pretty awesome, but let's be fair and say the Indy 500 literally is. The longest, the greatest race ever. Even Fernando Alonso moved up into IndyCar from Formula One. Yeah, he did. To be in this race. I, I say it's moved up. Now, we already mentioned Kevin Harvick one Sunday, right? I don't even remember. But, uh, so there, spoiler alert. Yeah. The, anyway. Yeah, I'm saying uh, the Indy 500, it's... Let me... Uh, the let me, United States is the center of the universe. I don't care who you are. Let me just backtrack for one second no, here. I'm I gotta, no, I got to add one little thing in here. It's just one little side note on NASCAR. This weekend, na- uh, put NASCAR back on schedule after being off eight weeks for the COVID break, so they're now back on their original schedule. Oh, so, so now Kyle Busch can finally win a race because they have like a million hours of testing. Well, no, that as in like since they took eight weeks off, they had to make eight weeks back up. Right. They're now made up. Right. It's so not that now- they can go testing and do all this other crap, I don't think, because I don't think they are allowed to. But No, I meant like practice, practice, practice. I don't believe they can practice. You can't practice? They're still not practicing or qualifying. You sure? Yeah. This is just putting them back on schedule. Oh, well, they're screwed. You know, Kyle's screwed. <laughs> He's done. See you later. Yeah. So uh, anyway, okay, so let's go back into the Indy 500. Yeah, the okay. Indy 500. Yep. Uh, Takuma Sato. Yeah. He's got two now. Takuma-san. Yeah. Takuma-san has got two. To, and again, I wanna, I'm glad. I'll address the rest of the race in a minute, but yeah, Takuma Sato picked up his second Indy, Indy 500 win. I love him. I, he goes. He, he's so he's so amped he, about racing. He goes bonsai, man. Kamikaze he's, bonsai. He he got blamed for that wreck up in Pocono earlier this year that you know nearly took somebody's head off. Yeah. Uh, up in a catch fencing, and uh, this is probably a good boost. Oh, I broke it. I mean, he's a racer. You're gonna go but, for a gap. You know, Come hey, on. They give him way too much flack. And I can't really stand any of the idiot. Any, uh, let me say that again. I can't really stand any of the idiot fans who say, "Oh, but he's he's Japanese. He's a foreigner or whatever. He doesn't deserve to win these races." Blah blah blah. It's such a stupid take because do you know how many foreigners have won this race? Yeah, number one and number two. How little that opinion matters because if you understand this race. And you it's know, the, and you understand the gravity of this race, and it's your dream to win it. It doesn't matter where you're from. If you hold that race in such a high amount of reverence that you cry in victory lane and you celebrate like it is the biggest win in your life, because it is the biggest win in your life, like Takuma Sato has done twice now, then yes, you deserve to win the race. Yeah. Let me think of the foreigners that have won the race. Um, uh, all of them? Yeah. <laughs> Emerson Fittipaldi, he's won it twice. Um, you know, Helio. Yeah. I mean, you talk about Jim the, Clark, Brits, the Brits who've won it too. Graham Hill. Yeah. I mean, Mario Andretti is technically. I mean, he uh, came from Italy, but he's an, you know, he's an American citizen. So right. like, technically, you know. Te- you know, he did come from there. Dan Weldon. Dan Weldon was British. He won it. Uh, Will Power was Australian. He won it. So it's like, yeah, all these guys are. They're almost uh, the vast majority, I'd say, are not from America. It's an international race, so stop bitching that these guys are winning. I mean, uh, Dario Franchitti. 
Now, willpower. I want to add one small amount of Juan Pablito Montoya. One again, I will add my opinion to this and say that one one Montoya, and I don't care what any NASCAR fan's opinion is on this, is one of the greatest race car drivers to ever live. Look at his record. Who is that? What, what Juan Pablo? Yeah, he is one of the greatest race car drivers to ever win or ever live. He's won a big races. He's won the Daytona Twenty Four multiple times. I'm pretty sure. The he's Monaco won the Grand Indi- Prix. He's won the Indy Five Hundred. He's won the Monaco Grand Prix. Has he won uh, Le Mans? I think so. Yeah. He might have won Le Mans. He might. I don't know if he's won Sebring. He might have. Um, but the guy has literally won a laundry list. We've gone over this plenty of times before on this show. But again, it's just worth noting. Um, now, I want to add one more piece of commentary in because this is just spiteful and mean. Um, Marco Andretti was a feel-good story to win the pole for the Indy 500. And I know everybody felt good for him. But I felt good for him. I did feel good for him. I'm glad to see an Andretti doing well at Indy, at least in qualifying, because once it got to the race, he sank like an anchor um, and was never around the front ever again. Now, consider this. I don't want to be spiteful or angry or, or hurtful, but the guy hasn't won in, I've heard, at least seven years. Seven years. That's 2013. We've already talked about two people who've, who haven't won since 2013. But this is on a national stage in a very high amount of regard. You know, the IndyCar series. I mean, you're watching James Hinchcliffe get booted out of a ride for whatever reason. But he's won more and more often than Marco Andretti has. I mean, there's a reason why his last name is pinned to the ownership of that team. Because he can't get fired. (laughs) You know? I'm just putting it out there. I'm, you know, we it's all a legacy know, division. It's we a all legacy know, series. Yeah, we all know that. What, we all know what racing is, and we all know that the kid will never get fired from a team. Like we all know, Austin Dillon will never leave that team, and we all know that Grammarie Hall will never get fired from his team, and we all know that you know Marco Andrea will never get fired from his. We all know it. We're just jealous and mad about it. <laughs> so, why don't I move on to a different type of bitching? The end of the Indy 500. Now, there was a nasty crash. Just, oh, it was terrible to watch. Spencer Piggott came off turn four, and the back end just jumps out from under him. He hits the wall, and he's just a passenger at that point. And then it just spins out, and it catches the blunt end of the pit wall where they put a whole bunch of tires and stuff, and that car just stopped. And that was just frightening to watch. Luckily, he got out of it. He's okay. But the race ended under caution and that made a whole bunch of people pissed off on the internet and i'm like why why because this race is like the most prestigious thing in the world it's going the advertised distance it's 500 miles it's it never if the caution didn't come out the end of that race never would have changed it would have been the same guy to win it because takuma was actually starting to pull away from scott dixon he was in clean air. He was well. His car actually was handling. And I know Scott made good. a few runs at him, but I think his stuff just wasn't. I think it was too tight. But Takuma just pulled away. Takuma had the will of the warrior. Yeah, he was he just pulling away. Was pulling away. The race was over. So I want to add to your argument, Go ahead. and I want to say that the Indy 500. This is the 104th running of the Indy 500, and people are bitching about not changing tradition. That so, goes against a lot of race fans. Um, has this race ever had a green-white checker 
past the advertised distance. Never. Never. The, it, I mean, next, what are you going to do next? You're going to want to do stages? You're going to run on the road course? Yeah, you're going to want to do, <laughs> let's do stage racing. and um, Let's run on the road course backwards. You know. Why not? Let's just change everything. Hey, just, screw it. You know what? Let's put restrictor plates on it. <laughs> Great. Well, let's get this thing all nascar up. And let's really just have NASCAR up. take care of this. Yeah, let's just do that. And here's the thing people don't realize. <sighs> These indie cars, yeah, you put you put all this safety stuff in it with the start new start them too wide. It's dangerous to start them three wide. Yeah, we can't do that. But <sighs> they got this new windscreen to stop things from hitting people in the head, and it might have helped Spencer Piggott. You know, that tire could have come in and hit him in the head. I Who love knows? the new thing. I don't want to see the windscreen people is, be decapitated on live television. I watched Justin Wilson do that, and it was just terrible. You know, I don't want that. And and um, but people don't think. They think about entertainment. They don't think about the racers when it comes to these green-white checkers, okay? It's fine at your local short track where they're not counting caution laps. Right. You know what I mean? But, again, the race was going to finish on its advertised distance. It wouldn't have changed the end at all. No. And when you add in time after, you don't. You got to think about the time after the finish of the race, okay? Those guys were tight on fuel. Was there any fuel left in the pit? We you're don't even altering know. the course of history. Literally, that's what you're trying to do. But you also, by by allowing another restart, now you've got drivers in the biggest race in the world. I don't and want they're that. all bunched back up with a two-lap shootout. And they're all together completely. And they're all frothing at the mouth. And they are literally willing to kill each other to win this race. And you think that's a smart idea? To let them loose. If it was within the advertised distance, they don't really have much choice but to let them loose. And but if it's after the advertised distance, now you're just asking for people to get killed. You don't scare me! Well, obviously, they wouldn't care. They would go after it. But this is statistics. You you know, if the race ends under caution, so be it. If you don't want a race to end under caution, then don't freaking crash. But it happens. And that's the point. You're not going to have everything. It's like a life lesson. You can't have everything that you want all the time. Sometimes shit happens, and you just got to live with it, you know? You're not going to be able to dictate everything that you do, and it's racing. Shit happens. Yeah, it is the greatest race of the year. It is the greatest race in the world. But I've seen it under caution plenty of times. It's not the majority of time, but it's sometimes. Again, I'm not willing to take the greatest race of them all and cheapen it by taking and putting every... like you, How much are these race cars worth? And how much is a driver's life worth? I'm not putting that at risk just for the show. No, this, this race is too prestigious to do that. Finish the race like gentlemen. That's it. Advertise distance. Race over. Done. That's my rant for this week. That's my rant for this week. Hey. Anything to add, Jess? Well, I'm just thinking statistically, you know, uh, Takuma Sato is now a two-time winner, and his name will be etched in history. A lot of two-time winners. Emo, uh, Juan Pablo Montoya, um, Mario Andretti. Um, Mario only won once, didn't he? No, he won twice, and I'll stand by it. I will defend that to the death. He won that race in 81. That was a total shit show. Okay, USAC just had to bow down to uh, Roger Penske because 
because he was splitting from USAC. He was splitting off in the cart, so they let Bobby cheat because Bobby knew he could get away with it. That son of a bitch, I'm telling you. He didn't get the trophy. He got the trophy, and they ripped it out of his hands. No, he didn't. He won the race. Where's Jesse's microphone input? <laughs> I am untethered, and my rage knows no bounds. He won. <laughs> I'm looking at my picture of Uncle Bobby sitting in his car. Cheater. <laughs> and Bobby Unser as two-time winners. He won three. No, he didn't. <laughs> he won twice. They were under pressure. He they were under pressure times. because... Have you ever looked up the Van Gogh Diamond Mine 500? Pocono? Yeah. I thought I was... I think you're right. Yeah, if, uh, yeah. That was in '81. That was the one where they had the because because Roger Penske was splitting off and form a cart. They all boycotted the race, and uh, they had to fill the field with a bunch of Silver Crown cars or Sprint cars in order to make the field. So it was the Indy cars were out there with Sprint cars <laughs> in order to fill the field up. I mean, I wish I had video of it. That is one of the gold mine videos. That was Van Scoy Diamond Mines. What did I say? Van Goy. What's a Goy? Apparently it's me. So anyway. that's our show for this week. <laughs> <laughs> AJ Foyt won that race. Yeah, he did. He did. You know, you still haven't gotten me on that uh, trivia contest yet, so I think... Be gone, vile man! Be gone from me! I think Jesse's got to do that uh, super hard trivia contest thing like I did to him a bunch of episodes ago. He hasn't paid me back yet, so let's get after this one. All right, so... I'm done for this week. We're after an hour, so. And if you're still with us, you have no life. Thank you. Thank you for sticking with us. Some of the best stuff comes at the end, though, so (laughs) you got to pay attention. Anyway, so that's it. You can find this show on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast. You can find it on Facebook at facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can find it on pretty much every major podcast platform there is. You can find links to listening platforms if you're stuck for, you know, where to find them. Uh, www.gleasonbrosracing.com. I really got to start posting some stuff there once I start getting to racing again. You can find me if you want to get in touch with me at Twitter, uh, at BrentGleason01, and on Instagram at the same handle, BrentGleason01. Jesse doesn't want to be found. So if you want to get in touch with either of us or send some feedback, you can do it by rating, liking, subscribing, whatever on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you get. Or you could DM us on our Facebook, which I gave you the details for before, or our Instagram. Feel free. Like, seriously, if you want to have, an, if you want to have a specific discussion, then let us know. Send feedback. Send whatever. Just let us know. I only have one rule. Everyone fights. No one quits. You don't do your job, I'll shoot you. <laughs> That's kind of extreme. Anyway, any parting thoughts, Jess, before I close this? Matter of fact, why don't you close it? Shut the fuck up, fat man. Oh. <laughs> He's got to get that in somehow. All right, so until next time. Keep your asshole out of the breeze. <laughs> Make sure you clean it and then wash your hands after. Keep the dirty side down and fuck stay you. out of the fence. Thank y'all for listening. Don't fucking bullshit me. Kill it.